Welcome back to Mages and Murder Dads, the only show in space dedicated to the Baldur's Gate franchise. I'm Cameron, and I play Ticklevar, the Sorcerer. And I'm Balthazar the Barbarian, played by Danny. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm changing up our qualifiers at the top. I saw that in space this time, because I guess there yeah. will come a point in the far future where, like, the only evidence that human beings ever existed is going to be some, like, weird background radiation of mages no, and murder. it'll be like all these golden records that I've pressed. And, and I'm flinging out into space one by one. I, I, I'm spending a huge amount of Patreon dollars getting these on the space shuttle. That's actually a good idea. You think so? That's the long game. You think that's a good idea? Yeah, because like... You heard it here first, folks. This is what Danny thinks is a good idea. Yeah, I agree mm -hmm. with you. I think that because, you know, I think that a lot of Vulcans might like this show. You think they're real? Well, where do you, where do you think they the, came from? Out of all... <laughs> someone could just make that up. No. Pointy ears? Like, could you imagine thinking a creature with pointy ears exists? No emotions, but one guy has emotions? Yeah. It's impossible. No, out of all of the fictional aliens, what do you think is the most likely to be real? Mm. Xenomorphs. Yeah. Yeah, just a biological weapon. You read my mind. Species, yeah. Mm -hmm. Historical Jesus is real, and he was an alien, and he developed a uh, device to kill us all. Could you, uh, but I'm taking a step back, I saw somebody in the Discord talking about Gith Yankee recently, yeah. and how yeah. their depiction in this game is basically just Klingons. I don't think that's true. Well, I think it's interesting because there are certainly Klingon aspects to Gith Yankee, but what's wild mm -hmm. is like they're... The lore is so much closer to, like, Romulans and Vulcans. Yeah, they're, the only thing related between those things is that they're mean. Sure. They, they're they depicted as certainly a martial culture that is, like, kind of super brutal. We're going to get into that in the episode after this. So I, maybe, yeah. I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't burn Gith, Githpod. You're burning Githpod. Mm-hmm. It's what's the primary rule of podcasting? The the first and second rule: never burn Githpod. Never burn Githpod. You can burn any kind of pod other than Githpod. I yeah. I mean, I I think it's like uh, if we, if we abstract what a you know what a Vulcan is out big enough, then I guess they're Vulcans. But I guess like w warfaring alien is like insufficient to me. Yeah, you're right. They're closer to a Robulan. Mm -hmm. And I don't even like that show. You, 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 you hate that. half of all fiction. Yeah. You're just, that's right. You're a scary movie guy. That That's 100% it. Mm -hmm. in, in, in the, uh, in the uh, you know, uh, what's that creature's name? Uh, that Dr. Faustus made a deal with? Mm, okay. Satan. Yeah. Whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah. He's got a real name, but Lucifer. Satan. Lucifer, no, he has a, like a real name, but, uh, you know, he offers you a deal. Star Trek or scary movie. Mm -hmm. I'm choosing a scary movie every time. I think you know what hey, you you're getting. Do, you want to do a quick, uh, you want to do a quick Star Trek or scary movie? Yeah, let's do it. Paddington 2. Scary movie. Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. 
Star Trek, Mulholland Drive. Scary movie. In the Mood for Love. Star Trek. Day of the Dead. Day of the Dead? Day of the Dead. Star Trek. Dawn of the Dead. Scary movie. Night of the Living Dead. Scary movie. The Thing? Star Trek. When Harry Met Sally. Scary movie. That's it. That's all. Okay. All right. Good choices. Yeah. That all seemed right to me. I'm pretty happy. It gets messy with the uh, Romero zombie movies. Like, you get really hitting both. You know? (laughs) You're not wrong. That guy didn't know what he was up to. Mm hmm. What are we talking about? We're ta- well, I, we wanted to start with, we've probably, at this point in the play. Who is we? We, you Who's and me. You, me and you, and you and me. We think uh-huh. about the show schedule and what we'd see on the show document. You give me lots of guff for writing all the words. Wow. But I made this show document, and we haven't yeah. talked about the dream yet. We haven't talk, been talked about, like, the big <sighs> dream. That's right. And we got to talk about it because we really, right. need to, we really need to talk about the dream. Tell me about the dream. Well, the plot rears its ugly head. <sighs> we, we heard a little bit of plot last time. We did. We had, uh, we had a dodecahedron flying around. Mm-hmm. We had a vision of three people. Mm-hmm. A handsome man. We're going to revisit that. We're going to really evaluate. We've got the absolute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. But now we've, uh, we're visited in our dreams by... Wait a minute. He's called a handsome man? Yes. That's funny as hell. And we're going to talk about a lot about it. About like what <laughs> what happened in between the script and casting. Oh, and... I am scrolling down to see that we do have a full episode dedicated to handsome man. <laughs> yeah. I didn't see that originally in the show document. That's great. Yeah. Okay. It's good. So, uh, at some point after we have that vision, generally speaking, we're going to um, ha- be visited in our dreams by the dream guardian. This this figure that we, shortly after making our own character, we like customize the appearance of another character. Yeah. Um, so that they look different in our footage, but it's just like this person... And they say, hey, I'm the person that's been saving you this whole time. I've saved your body. I've saved your mind. The body being they like telekinetically uh, grabbed us out of the air when we were hurtling out of the nautiloid. Our mind, because we'd just be turning into an illithid or being told what to do by the by the absolute if it were not for this Entity and how early, you know, do we have an idea whether or not this entity is like, I don't know, associated with a particular physical location in this dream? I don't think we get necessarily that information. We might guess We're just it. in dream dreamland. We're in dreamland. We don't know if that's connected to any physical item or place right now. But I mean, I'll tell you what it's related to. Yeah. The underground place. The, the Underdark from uh, Elden Ring. Oh, okay. That's where it is. Mm-hmm. It's the big minotaur shooting, um, like, the seven-foot-long arrows at you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Directly into your brain. 
Choo-choo. But yeah, I, I guess I don't know if like a lot of information is is like actually transmitted in this dream. It's just like, man, I'm keeping you alive and you need to you need to embrace your inner illithid. And also look at this weird these lights flying around Castle Grayskull floating out there Isn't that wild. Do you remember that? When I saw a castle gray skull floating floating by, well, it's a in the dream. It's a giant architectural skull, and I, I call all giant architectural skulls castle castle gray. Yeah, skull. right. I got you. Uh, I don't remember that happening in this dream, but I I'll say I think I got like every conversation with the dream guardian or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. I think I got them all back to back to back. <laughs> I don't know why that happened, but I got like three all in a run. You just kind of so, queued up a bunch and because you can only get one per night. Right. Yeah. And I think I just had like, uh, maybe it was for the stuff that we're about to talk about here, right? Like, I think I was in the Underdark and so I would like have two fights and, you know, short rest each time and then long rest. And I think I just like in over the course of like two hours of gameplay, got them all in a run. So I can't remember which is which, but yes, at some point here we do see... What appears to be a giant uh, skull floating in space, covered in crystals, and like people are shooting at it and shit. Yeah, there's there's light entities. There's photonic beings struggling, mm-hmm. and yeah, photonic. And the and the dream guardian's like, boy, it's taken all my energy to 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 fend these entities off. Gotta go, <laughs> and that's the dream. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Balthazar has a um a dialogue option when she reaches uh my it's my dream guardian is a is a is a woman. But when the dream guardian reaches to pick pick up Balthazar, I can think about like snapping the arm off or biting it off. Um and the dream guardian's like, you really need to get that under control. Why? I considered that telling me what to do. But I had no, I had no agency in this cutscene to do anything about it. The game didn't allow you to to uh, make some considerations about what happens when someone tells you what to do. No, it didn't. Huh? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that uh, how that goes off. But I will say, kind of, you know, we left a little bit of a darker episode for thematically for Balthazar last time. It was uh, it was bleak. Um, but I will say this, as I was walking around the blood-drenched ground in the Emerald Grove, all life mm-hmm. having been removed from it, you know what I didn't hear? What you didn't hear? Yeah. Uh, Conspicuously uh, absent. The laughter of children, perhaps? That all that wasn't there, but you know what else wasn't there? No one was what? telling anybody what to do. Why not? Because no one was there. <laughs> Not even the birds. Not even the birds. Hmm. Yeah. So interesting little thing. I think Balthazar's like growing his insight into what's going on and maybe what his mission is in life. Um, but yeah. Depopulating the, the realms. We'll see. So. Huh. Yeah. So let's move on to the Underdark. Did, so, uh, just, uh, you know, we obviously we played this in whatever order we played it and we're covering it in, you know, a common order. Did you do Underdark stuff before the, you know, the climax of Act One and 
dealing with the druids grove did you like go down there and pop your head in oh no so it was all after this is kind of very much in order for you yeah yeah i did the mountain pass first Mm -hmm. but but overall yeah okay i uh i definitely at various points popped into the underdark to like do a fight and then popped out and there were because you know there's just some fights in there that are way way harder than others um and i wanted to like (laughs) Grab a couple of items that are sold that are like relatively easy to get to. So how did you get into the Underdark initially? Because there's like more than a few ways you can access it. Uh, you remember that big phase spider talk? That's right. We we were mentioning. So under the Blighted Village, there's kind of a blacksmith's shop. And then un, in the basement, there's kind of a I think you had a breakable wall that you're able to smash down. And there mm-hmm. are phase spiders Scary. I got there via phase spider. Okay, gotcha. So you, uh, there is a, uh, there's a big fight, the big kind of arena, as it were, of like the the spider matriarch. Mm-hmm. And there's an abyss in the, but the, the thing is when you hover your mouse over the hole, it doesn't say abyss where every other insta-kill area will say abyss. And frankly, I think we both probably knew, oh, that's how you get down there because... I think some of the first streams, like one of the first panel from hell uh, mm-hmm. streams that Larian did, Sven was like, "I'm okay, I've got like five minutes. I'm going to show you some weird stuff. And he jumped down into the Underdark, and that's how the stream ended. Yeah, did you know, uh, have you jumped down into the Underdark? Because basically you fight this big face spider queen or whatnot, yeah. and there's just a hole, and you got to like make the, you got to make the mental leap that you can leap down in there. Yeah. No one tells you that. Mm-hmm. Leap of faith. Have you uh, ever jumped down you, without feather fall? Yeah, yeah, I did. I have. Do you know what happens? It's yeah. You just you just fall and die. You you uh, you get this beautiful cutscene of showing you that you know bioluminescent mushrooms, all kinds of stuff, and then you watch your character splat into the dirt. <laughs> Do you know what happens if uh, only one of your characters has feather fall? Uh, only they survive. They land beautifully in the cutscene, <laughs> making you think everyone must have landed beautifully in the cutscene. And yeah, you then <laughs> the gameplay starts and everyone else is dead on the ground <laughs> and probably not even unconscious, just dead. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Uh, you can um, if the face if the face spider matriarch, at least on the difficulty level we're playing, uh, mm-hmm. if they're on the webbed kind of surface of the hole we're talking about and you burn away the web it will fall to its death and its corpse will be down there in the underdark where you would normally land there was no web over the underdark hole for me oh interesting Mm -hmm. hmm maybe i'm misremembering but i'm pretty sure that there was something like that I mean, I believe you. There's there's plenty of I did the most damage to the face spider during the fight by waiting for it to stand on big webbed bridges, bridges ah. and shooting them out from under it. And it would it would lose like 40 hit points or whatever. Yeah, because I think heavy. due to that weight. Yeah, that weight modifier you were talking about a couple episodes ago. That's the problem. That's the issue. Interesting. Well, yeah, that's that's like one way to do it. Another way to do it is if you clear the uh, Shattered Temple, a.k.a. Defiled Temple, 
um, there is a, a little puzzle and you can just, uh, there's a, there's a cutscene where you solve that puzzle and you can like go behind the, a wall that lifts up and there's just a really big ladder. And the cutscene is, it's like a couple seconds of you just going down a ladder and looking down and the camera kind of zooms out and you're like, wow, that looks exhausting. Hmm. Going down that ladder for that amount mm-hmm. of time. Um, but yeah, you end up in like a selenite outpost like a underdark like kind of forward operating base for the old saloon organization um and uh there's also uh the zentrum hideout which i don't think either of us did initially and i was like you know what i'm gonna get some footage of just like what that looks like and Mm -hmm. i was reminded when i when i was in there you know you you reminded me yeah there was an artist that was enslaved and i was like you know what Let's just take care of this. So I got a, uh, on my way out, I just tossed a little Molotov cocktail and the Zentrum were already like priming the entire facility to explode. Um, so I just tossed it into the, into the gulch and everybody, but like the leader died. Um, so yeah, I took care of those slavers. Bro, you gulching? I gulched. Now I did totally forget about the painter. He might be dead too. (laughs) Did he get blown up too? Yeah, I, I, well, I didn't. Well, I didn't go preview, and check. A little preview. His quest sucks so bad that maybe it's better he's dead. Oh, okay. It, I think that the the mansion, you know, because I've played the game once before. I think the mansion that you resolve his quest in in Baldur's Gate is the worst designed thing that I have experienced in video games. I think maybe ever <laughs> in life. I can't. I, it's it's like that in Werewolf Island from, <laughs> from Tales of the Sword Coast. They're like right up there yeah. together for me. Mm-hmm. Dang, uh, that's bad. It, it's just terrible. Okay, well, I'm glad I don't have to deal with that. And I've never dealt with it. I've beaten this game like two and a half times. Mm-hmm. And I have not done that quest. So good to know. Um, so yeah, Zentrum hideout, they have like a fake wall that you can walk through and they just have like a little smuggling operation hideout. I imagine that's the thing is like in the fiction of the Forgotten Realms, this is not a thing. Like the Underdark is simply too dangerous to use it as a trade route unless you're like drow, to be honest. Um, or you have they, a deal I, with the I drow. Think, no, I think 5th edition has changed some of that. Yeah, and I don't like it. Because I re- <laughs> I mean, that's fair. It's fair. I don't think you're wrong to feel that. But yeah, it's like the under back when I was a kid, you read about the Underdark and it was like, yeah, if you get down in there, not we're not talking caves. No, you know, we're talking the Underdark. A hook core is going to catch your scent from two miles away. Yes. It's going to strip the flesh from your bones. With a pack of dudes. And that's good. That's like the good end of what can happen to you. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Everyone down there is is a slave-taking group. Yes. Everybody. Even the good guys. (laughs) Everyone's a slaver. They might turn you into a fucking flesh golem or some shit. Yeah, you might. It's just, it's all bad. It's so bad. It's so dangerous. I do think you're right. I think that uh, 5th edition has identified that people think it's cool and Dungeons and Dragons disproportionately works. At are you lower- coming from an ethical angle? Or are you like, I, 
<laughs> I think fifth edition's bad because it makes people think the Underdark is cool. Is that where you're coming <laughs> no, from? No, no. It's just that I think from a marketing perspective, you want your, you know, people want it. People want to interact with this thing. And mm-hmm. yeah. D- Dungeons and Dragons is disproportionately played at lower levels. So naturally, yeah. like kind of the, the natural end point is, oh, well, now you can get to the Underdark and have some fun encounters at level four, which is not a thing in like pre-editions before you know fourth edition certainly like yeah because i i don't remember why i read it uh just like because i like sat and read cover to cover the um is it like out of the underdark or maybe princes of the whatever it is whatever the underdark fifth edition module is Mm -hmm. um hold on let me I don't know why I can't. It's like right behind me, but I just can't see it from here. Um, list of Dungeons and Dragons adventures for fifth edition. Um, Princes of the Apocalypse. No, Out of the Abyss. Okay. Out of the Abyss. The adventure takes place in the Underdark and begins when the players are captured by drow elves. They escape with a group of other prisoners. This is from Wikipedia. To find that demons have a stronger influence in the Underdark than expected. As they travel between locations searching for an exit from the Underdark, they discover that various demon lords, including Demogorgon, Zogut Moy, and Jubilex, have been unleashed. They go to Gauntelgrim and stuff like that. And it's it takes you from, like, level zero to level 15 or something. Mm, mm-hmm. So it's a, uh, and it's like you know the Underdark is a whole big world. Figure it out. Sure. And so it, it's a way. It's doing exactly what you're saying, right? It's introducing the Underdark is like a place where all types of adventures can happen, as opposed to like the place you go to kill evil gods. Yeah, a place Period. that is so deep down, it's basically its own plane. Like it has yeah, plane it sucks so bad. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, but yeah, we're we're in the Underdark. There there were a couple ways to get there. There's some, you know, there's some stuff down here. It's yeah. stu- it's stuff. Uh, and I, I actually I like the location a lot more. There are so many places in the Underdark because of all the verticality um, in the level design. Where if you can mm-hmm. get on a hill, like after you drop down from uh, the Whispering Caverns from underneath that blacksmith. The, the area you land is kind of higher than a lot of the other places in the Underdark. And you can, like, move the camera around and be like, oh, wow, there's a Mykonid village. I can see, like, some docks down there. There's, like, a weird tower. Here's, like, some weird temple thing. It looks really neat. That is not something that you can do at all in the wilderness, kind of where we just were. Can I give you a counterpoint? Yeah. I'm fighting with the camera constantly. That's also, you know, well, that like, is this the- is the place where the camera f- truly just breaks. Yes. I can't imagine playing this on like with a PS5 controller. Can you? I mean, I regularly have to double click on my character's icon to like get the camera back to the appropriate Z level. Because I yeah. think what happens is sometimes when you go under like an archway um, and you'll you, you'll see this in, you know, Baldur's Gate like proper in act three when there's a lot of like multi-level buildings the camera will just kind of lose track of where it's supposed to be and the only way i've found to like get it back you can't manually get your way back you have to like say camera please focus on this character and it'll kind of like fix there but no you're right there's there's some z fighting (laughs) happening no no question yeah just i feel like i'm just like having to wrestle it constantly Mm mm-hmm 
And I'm not a wrestling guy. No, you're a wrestling. That's on guy. me. We've That's we've established. Right. With an R. Mm-hmm. Man, I can't believe the Undertaker became a winged horror. I don't. What do you want? That's what the storyline is. I know. Look, I'm just. I, I feel like I'm really showing my teeth here. I'm, I'm old fashioned. I want my. I want my dangerous third edition Underdark. Right. I want my pre-winged Undertaker. Yeah. But hey, I, we're all living in the world we're living in. I guess. Uh, yeah. So yeah, what the world moved on, bro. It did. Get with the times. Uh, what's fun down here? Fungus people are fun. The Myconids, yeah. They're good. I always like a Myconid. Mm-hmm. What do you think uh, on this take of Myconid? Because I feel like we both read like the very first, oh gosh, what was that? Uh, Paths of, uh, what was the tr- the Dark Elf trilogy? Yeah. There's no Myconids in that. Which one has the Myconids and the and the Sferf Neblin? There's Sferf Neblin. I don't think that the, I don't think any Drizzador novel up up through like novel 12 which is why i stopped reading mm. <laughs> like last year i don't think any have myconids i think you've invented a myconid uh plane that's entirely possible well how did you yeah, how there's does, a lot of sperf neblin you're right on that yeah but how does this um come cut his hands off and he replaced it with a hammer with a hammer pick. yes that's fucking cool. How did uh, how did this <laughs> compare with kind of like your your imagination? Your the Belwar something's his name. He like bangs them together and they power up. Yes, that shit's cool. I'm sorry, you were talking about something something less cool than what I was talking about. <laughs> well, yeah, I was talking about stuff in this game, my dude. <laughs> oh, 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 hold on. Um, Let me recalibrate. Let me recalibrate to the to the lesser product we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, how did these myconids, uh, the interpretation of like how they work, uh, do you enjoy that? Do you enjoy it, the way they're presented? I here? think it's like straight up the middle. Mm-hmm. You know, they they got spores. If you get in their spore cloud, it can like let you talk to them. And they got kind of like a government, but I don't get it. Sure. You, know? you can't. Yeah. You're just not them. I think it's fine. I think it's good. I don't think there's a lot there to have an opinion on. Do you have an opinion about this? Uh, I've seen them cooler, but I agree with you. You've th- seen them cool in what? I'm going to be a honest. A bucket? The, the, last little, the last little D&D campaign I had, I think they were presented cooler. But that was a uh, friend of the show Michael's fault and not mm-hmm. and not uh, and probably not any written written documentation yeah i uh i think that i agree with your assessment so, uh, hold on we gotta go back you are holding up the the brilliance of of one of our friends and you're saying that the because the game does not hold up to the good designs of one of our friends then therefore it's not as good yeah like it's just not good every experience i have i'm rating it in accordance with all other experiences. All other possible experiences. Yeah, irrespective of medium. All right. I'm getting on a roller coaster, and after that roller coaster, I'm like... Mm. You're like, is this as good as a hot dog? It's no. Like, where, where is this compared to uh, melancholia? Where is this yeah. compared to, uh, you know, the, the life of um, uh, Lewis and Clark? Where, where is this? is from uh the superman television program or a different lewis and clark like one i'm unaware of oh the the historical one who like lewis and clark 
Superman's not real. <laughs> what are you talking about? I guess they. You mean like historically the TV show existed? That's yeah, what you mean. yeah. If if okay. if it did, sure. Okay, got mm-hmm. it. I was gonna I was gonna say it's kind of. Well, did you uh, did you talk dumb. to these people? Did you help out the the mushroom people? Uh, yeah, I helped them out. They had a couple issues running around, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to think of what those were. Well, the first one was there is a gnome that has taken refuge in the yes. circle, and that gnome is an escaped slave, which this is consonant with a lot of the themes we were talking about of old school Underdark. There's still a lot of slavery going on. Yep. Um, and they have taken refuge, uh, and they're, they fled the, the Dwegar, the Dwergar. Um, and the Dwergar are hunting that gnome, and also the Dwergar are just, like, in conflict with the Myconids. And so mm-hmm. the sovereign, the, the head Myconid person, uh, tasked me with getting rid of the Dwergar that are, like, down by the, the underground beach. Did I have that? I guess I had this happen, yeah. Yeah. Probably. You definitely had to deal with the Dwergar at one point or another. It's definitely not a thing that is required. You do not have to fight them, but I fought them, and I I'm, I bet you did too. I think that I just, uh, I was like a rude dude with attitude, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think maybe I just rolled around and killed these people before anyone asked me to. Oh, that is a thing that happens, yeah. I think that might have been what happened here. Now, I do think that the first time they see you, you get an opportunity to talk to their their head guy. Mm-hmm. And the he, sovereign. Yeah, well, no, oh, no, one of the Dwergar. Oh, yes. Uh, and he tells you that he's looking for his boss's boots. Yep. That's the that's the whole damn reason they're waging war against the Machinid, is that uh, that escaped gnome ha- has, has boss's boots. Yeah, you ever, like, made a huge mistake? <laughs> Just a monumental error. It's like it's like being like, uh-oh, I'm losing tic-tac-toe. Let me turn around here and, and begin to live my life like that. Uh-oh, a train is coming toward me. Mm-hmm. I'm strapped to the tracks because I lost that game of tic-tac-toe. Yeah. It's that level of like, uh-oh, the thing I did is incommensurate to the thing that's coming at me. Yeah. Because that dude got kicked off... Two levels of scaffolding. <laughs> it's a lot of scaffolding. It's I, I like yeah. that. Uh, I like that boss area. The main dude's a necromancer, and there's a lot yeah. of like dead Dwergar and gnomes mm-hmm. around. And if you don't take I where they came from, if you don't, yeah, if you don't take care of him quick, he will animate all of them, and they're all like zombies mm-hmm. chasing you around. So yeah, it's good. He's a he's a priority target. That's a fun little fight. Um, I'm able to. Uh, I'm able to give the gnome like an antidote that I find on that guy. Um, but that's fun. There's also like another guy that was interested in the Dwergar that wasn't the Sovereign. It was uh, this guy named Glut. Did you talk to Glut? I did. The The Dwergar had... He's like a big Myconid. Yeah, but short. And yeah, he's he's a he's a he's a hoss. Yeah. And he, uh, yeah, the the basically Dwergar came and they're like, hey, I'm killing. I, I've heard some Mykonids have these boots I'm looking for. I'm on a Mykonid hunt and they just wipe them out. 
Yeah. They killed his whole deal. Yeah, so he was a sovereign, just like the sovereign that we talked to Mm -hmm. earlier, but his circle is gone. Yeah. Uh, Which, bummer. You can have him accompany you uh, Mm -hmm. to the the beach. And, like, did did he fight with you? Did you, like, have him with the fighter? No, you probably didn't because you... Yeah. Oh, you did. His movement speed sucks shit. He, like, was not involved in the fight. Yeah, that's a problem. Unfortunately. Uh, And, uh... Yeah, but he, he did he did help. Mm-hmm. He contributed morally. Sure. Um, and unfortunate. So we, we killed these warrior guard and it was like not a problem. Yeah. Like we we took it out. It's pretty fun. I think I agree with you. I think it's a cool little arena. It feels like a, a battle arena that was designed for a different fight mm. because it's kind of uh, scaffolding on three or, or kind of on two sides. You know, imagine kind of a circle and like um at the at the 270 degree mark and at the 90 degree mark they're scaffolding on both sides with a thing in the middle yeah and you know you you know have a circle in your head and the whole fight basically takes place on one scaffolding side it, it, this does not feel like what was initially designed to be you know i bet if you put a couple of dwergar with crossbows on the other side though this fight is way too probably they were just like this is too hard <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I'm sure and maybe in the higher difficulties, do they change numbers or do they just change stats? Uh, I I, I'm I'm work I've worked my way through an honor honor run, the mm-hmm. honor difficulty, and um, it's mostly the moves and gotcha. like, but it isn't like the, generally the the number of enemies. But yeah, no, it's a I liked it. It's a it's a cool little fight, and um, I'm sorry that Glut didn't participate in your fight i just did the fight alone and then brought glut there to kind of show him hey the dwergar are gone Mm -hmm. and then he Uh, revealed some really interesting information yeah he was like hey i'm strong and big and uh that other sovereign is no good let me be the sovereign and i said i I think that guy's doing a fine job Mm -hmm. he's like totally cool and he said i'm well we're done here and then he tried to kill me dang and it didn't work. Yeah. Like even a little bit. No, it's a it's a now I will say I bet if you because one of his special abilities is raising the dead and like making a spore throng, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. Um, and th- someone in the, has played this game and made like, everyone can do that, by the way. All my mm-hmm. can do that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And. Someone has played this and had that guy be a really big part of the fight and made all of the Dwergar, you know, <laughs> little little spore guardians and mm-hmm. then had the dialogue and been like, oh, now I've got to fight you and just do this fight again. But with you yep. also, that's definitely yep. happened to someone. Oh, 100 percent. A thousand billion percent. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, sure. I said, sure, let's let's go take down the Sovereign. Really? Yeah. Well, did it work? It did. I, I didn't have to kill all the Mykonids. They, it's, it seems like it's it's very compartmentalized, the leadership role. Mm-hmm. So all I had to do was kill the Sovereign, and then um, and then uh, Glut just took, took over immediately, and everything was good. Huh. Yeah. But I still like everything's a okay, no problem. But I still turned in the quest with the sovereign. I didn't want to. I wanted to double dip, right? So like, I kill the Dwegar, <laughs> go back to the sovereign, and be like, "Hey, I took care of your Dwegar problem." 
Mm-hmm. Sarkin was like, cool. and then you were like, oh, by the way, I got this other guy. Cool. And then I was like, hey, Glut, you want to go down to the beach? I took care of the Dwegar. <laughs> Glut's like, well, let me verify. I show him. He's like, well, how, you want to kill the Sovereign? I'm like, well, y- yeah, I've already got my quest done with him. Jesus. Yeah. Well, you did it. Yeah. What, what's the I haven't done this on either of my playthroughs. What's the uh, what's the change here? Nothing. Really? No. He actually, just takes over and everyone takes totally over cool? and everything. Everybody's cool. Everybody stays there. The merchants are still there. Huh? Yeah. You talk to a dwarf in there. Uh, The lady. Yeah. Who wants you kind of wants you to find her husband. Kind of. I don't know how I feel about this whole deal well i'm be interested to see how you resolved it because i resolved it in i'm gonna i'm gonna probably even well i resolved it how the dj revolves it i'll tell you that okay tell me no there so she's like hey my husband's missing he we look for herbs and whatnot if you see him let me know Mm -hmm. i go down he's in the middle of a big explosive uh mushroom patch yeah I go into turn-based mode. I zoot my way all the way over to him. I say, hey, let's go. He he takes a, a scroll from me. He, like, misty steps out. And he's, like, he's kind of scrambled a little bit, it feels like. Mm-hmm. You know, he's maybe he maybe had a mushroom that, you know, wiggled his old noodle, mm-hmm. something like that. Uh, then he, uh, then I, I, she's like, glad you brought my husband back. Thanks talk to you later i find out she's trying to look for these things called like noble stalks or something like that they are mushrooms that fetch a high price in Baldur's gate they're cure-all Be- incontinence yeah, because erectile right. dysfunction baldness it, pointy ears. all of that stuff yeah right and uh i was like oh well if you if you find these things i bet you could like cure your husband and she's like, no, he's a domestic abuser mm-hmm. and like beat me for a human lifetime before he lost his mind. And I thought, that seems. And then that was kind of it. She's like, if you see any of these mushrooms, let me know. Mm-hmm. And then I got an item. Did you get an item? Yeah. It's like gloves of beating the shit out of people. Oh, it was just so the reward is the is these gloves that. uh. I'm, I wore them the whole playthrough because they add plus one d four yeah. to throwing. Yes, I didn't make the connection between the her I think lore these, and that. I I mean I on accident or whatever, right? But but the kind of procedural well, mechanism now that you've that brought it up, here, I can't not think about it. Right? It it is. Yeah, you're right. It's it increases like thrown weapon damage, mm-hmm. right? Um, or throwing damage. Period. And yeah, it's like the it's the gloves that he is wearing to throw shit at her and beat her, right? I, it's his gloves. I don't that I, made him good at domestic abuse. I don't want to think of it that way, but like in, in terms of the itemization, why this reward right. here, right? I really sat with it for I was like I can't think of a reason why this here cuz they're herbalists, they gather things, right? Like there's nothing that makes sense with the story that's given to us right here. I mean, it could just be truly decoupled, right? Yeah. You know. It could have been like an axe of demon slaying and maybe that's what happened here. It's just a random item. Um, but, but the, the 5% connection is so disturbing to me. Yeah. Right. And I can't let it go. 
Well, I really don't like it. Well, and that's why she would get rid of it. It's like to get it, get it out of here. Right. Well, I've got some more information on this quest. Please. Did you do the next bit? I did. So okay. there is. I never found any more noble stock, so I like couldn't. So couldn't do there it. is noble stock not too far away from away from where he was. But in order to get it, it's it's kind of impossible to both gather it and get out of there without things blowing up. So you have to commit to going into turn based mode, grabbing it, and you're going to trigger an explosion. You're going to take some mm-hmm. amount of damage, but then like in the last second, you'll be able like in the next turn. Mm-hmm. Um, get away because or you could like do what he did and like misty step out. Well, that, that no, that's the thing. the 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 noble stalk is in a place where it is not possible to grab it uh, without yeah. something exploding. At least in my experience, and the kind of the interesting thing is, um, the the explosion comes from a torch, a lit torch in one corner, and all of these plants actually only produce a gas. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. there is a runaway gas effect. And when the gas reaches the torch, the torch explodes everything. It's actually pretty, like a pretty neat and intricate interaction. But anyway, I'm able Did to Did you get, like throw a bottle of water at the torch? Oh, shoot the torch so you, you, can, you can pick up the torch. The torch is in an area where you can pick up, pick it up. But the problem is you'll still die from the gas, just not as quickly. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, so anyway, I'm able to get in my the- previous playthrough. I just like blew it all up and then went and gathered his corpse. So like I, I haven't I, you know, I've uh, perfect, perfect execution, zero execution. I've not attempted anything in between. Yeah. Um, so I grabbed the noble stock and you can in my first playthrough, I gave it to her and got some money. Mm-hmm. And she was like, not not that grateful. She it was very much like, yeah, I'm entitled to this. I've been waiting on it forever. Uh, mm-hmm. This is my thing. And she's, you know, all constantly very, like, verbally abusive to her husband. Um, yes. Throughout, she's throughout roasting his ass constantly. Um, and again, he seems like someone who is who who is like undergone severe brain damage. Correct. That is the read. I, I like I, I, I figured some kind of traumatic brain injury. Um, yeah. So I thought maybe he was just like inhaling too many. It, it was it's, it's a little brain. ambiguous. Yeah. So yeah. I uh, here's the thing. Noble stalk, it's this cure, all right. So instead mm-hmm. of the the so the first time, and also because you know I'm 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 a I'm a naughty lad on this playthrough, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm trying to like lean into that and get all the content that I didn't get first time, and like all the content I know that centrist Ticklevar is not going to get. Mm-hmm. So I gave the noble stalk to the husband. Yeah, and I said, eat this. Yeah, he gets all of his faculties back. And she is so angry. She's like, I can't believe you've done this. He starts bossing her around immediately. Really? Yeah. Does he not know that he's like undergone? No, he is 100% aware and he is 100% aware of the abuse that she's heaped on him. Right. Yeah. From her perspective, retribution. Correct. Got it. Mm hmm. Now, I'm going to go ahead and because there's no way I'm going to remember this interaction in 20 hours. Right. So I'm going to go ahead and tell you it is one line um, that how this quest ends. In Act 3, you will meet the the wife again. Mm-hmm. And she will because be. Because they got a shop in Baldur's Gate. Correct. Um, I do not meet the husband. I'm sure there was a shop, but I did not go into every building in Act 3. Uh, hmm. So I meet the wife just kind of on her own. And she thanks me. She says. 
basically the upshot was she was in a place where she was never able to get let go of the trauma that he inflicted on her. And she acknowledges she became a worse person in her retribution. Hmm. And that by curing him, it actually allowed her to let go and separate from him. So I think a really interesting inversion of like the, the <laughs> interesting or not, I'm not sure, but a something that I'm remarking on is like the traditional Baldur's Gate twist is you try to do something good, but oops, it was bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Rarely do you get the you try to do something bad and naughty and actually <laughs> someone comes back and tells you, you know what? That was actually good. That's how you know the people that made these games. They're experts on the Baldur's Gate franchise. Truly. That's how you know. They know the formula, and now they're, they're, they're doing some experimentation with it. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's Perfect. how that's how that uh, resolved. There's some other... No do, notes. Do, you talk to these... Uh, you talk to that... Uh, oh, gosh, this Hobgoblin? Uh, Hobgoblin? Yeah, in the, in the Mykonid village. No. I don't think so. Oh, you know what? I didn't. I was actually looking for these guys, and I, I must have just missed it, because it's the the League of Thinking Fellas or something, right? <laughs> well, yeah, it's Blurg. <laughs> yeah. And right. Omelum. That, yeah, the, Ome- Omelum. Yeah, the Society of Brilliance. I hey. Think. What are they called? Society of what? Brilliance. Brilliance. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's why I said the thinking fellas. Yeah, you didn't see them. I did their whole quest line my first playthrough, and I was looking for them. I knew they were somewhere down here, and I must have just walked right by them. Yeah, they're just in an alcove. You can like mm-hmm. you can you can miss it. It's missable. But uh, so Omelum's kind of interesting. He's a mind flayer, um, and he is a, a liberated mind flayer. He is kind of like separated himself from the collective, as it were. Mm-hmm. Mind flayers are a little bit like, uh, because Baldur's Gate is a Star Trek and not a scary movie, uh, yeah. mind flayers are a little Borg. There's a little bit of Borg going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he was able to separate from the the collective and the elder brain. And for a while, he was in a uh, symbiotic relationship with a lich because the lich had no need for the brains. Of like of mm-hmm. of the of his kind of undead hordes, so Omelum was was snacking on those, uh, and then ultimately he he you know found academia and he found his place in the world. Uh, yeah, this is a common story. Common story, tale as old as time. I uh, yeah. you know I tell him about my little uh, little bug brain, and he's like, "Whoa, that's wild!" And he kind of like does a mind me- a Vulcan mind meld with me, and. He says, oh, wow, there's some powerful magic that's preventing its removal. Like, so there's like an additional enchantment. It's like regular illithid bug, but then regular illithid bug with buff. Somebody's buffed this bug. Oh, my God. Yeah. Someone's casting bless on this bug. Correct. Uh, And I say, well, can you remove it? And he's like, well, not in the current state, but there is some there's some kind of plants there's some local flora that you can collect and i might be able to make some medicine that would allow me to kind of like dampen the bug buff to remove bug Mm -hmm. and that is the hook to go to the arcane tower um i think this might have been one of your least favorite quests uh last playthrough 
No, I'm, but yeah, I think the I went and did the Arcane Tower as well again, and it it it's just bad. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, it's it's uh, let, let me damn with faint praise. It's mid. Mm. It's like not complicated enough to be to feel rewarding to have done it, and it's just um just arduous enough to take more time than it feels like it should. I actually I do love the robot you fight though. Yeah, you don't have to fight it, the robot. Well, I like to fight the robot. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, so the, you know, this is a... I, I'm going to fight a robot every damn time. It's true. Yeah. This tower, mm-hmm. I will say this. It has a very Gygaxian design because I... There are, like, just magically operated turrets that are really annoying in the tower. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. they are on until you get to the basement and kind of, like, fire up the magic furnace. I have no idea why that would turn them off. Like, but so the, the logic there doesn't 100% connect, but the Gygaxian portion is like, if I were a wizard designing a tower, I would not, like, make it easy to turn off my turrets. And you do have yeah, to, Yeah, this like, is like a real wizard's tower. It's a real wizard's tower. Um, Including just, like, not being um, completed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. Wizard got bored. Yeah. yeah. Moved on. Different, yeah. you know, different fixation. Um, but yeah, multiple levels. You, the, the, there's a particular level with the plant samples that you're looking for. Um, and you can, at the top, you have like these automata. Um, and if you read all of the poetry in the tower, you know the lines of poetry that you, or you know these lines of poetry. You don't necessarily know what they do. Um, but one of them is like, it ends with the automata automata giving you a hug, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting. Another yeah, one, yeah, you gotta like pay attention to the lore because it's a play. It's not even poetry. Oh, right? that's correct. Yeah, it's just like a play in verse. Um, and uh, one of the lines just like has the automata go over to a table and drop a ring, and if you get that ring and you use it and you're wearing it, you can access the basement, which has some like wizard loot in it. Huh. Yeah, I totally missed the basement on like my first playthrough, and in fact, my mm-hmm. my second playthrough. It is like you have to read the ring description, and the ring is like this is it's the ring that has the spell daylight on it, um, and it specifically says, "Oh, it illuminates the way to the to the basement." Got it. Yeah. So, arcane tower. Uh, I will say the uh, the halberd, like the electricity halberd that the robot has, is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I'm wielding it now. Even though Carlax wielding it, even though you're not an automata, you don't have to be an automata to wield the automata's axe. Well, if you aren't an automata, there's you can like there's a chance to stun yourself. I'm not. So there you go. Oh no! If you aren't an automata, there's a chance. I don't think there is. I don't think that's true. No, it is. And in fact, there is an Act Two item. They're like gloves that say while you're wearing these gloves. You you are an automata. It's ba- I don't know if it's that it's like construct. I don't, I don't think this is a qualifier on the item that I'm using. I uh, tell you what. Do you believe your memory, or do you believe my encyclopedic knowledge of like the items in this game? I think I believe my own memory. Oh my! I want to trust me on this. Let, let me see here. Right. Uh, what's that guy's name? Edwin or something? Yeah. So we're the looking robot. at Arcane Tower. Arcane Tower. BG three. We've got the light of creation. It's it's looted from Bernard. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's his name, right? Yeah. And the uh, the holder of this item gains overcharge, chance to stun the wielder, unless it's a construct. Huh. Maybe I'm not using this then. You might not be using the light of creation. It, the light of creation. I think I was. The, yeah, the light of creation is dope because it has plus one d six lightning damage, just extra. Yeah. No, I think I am using this. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not a huge chance, but it's a chance to stun, which stun sucks. I just don't. Uh, I don't think it's ever happened. Well, there you go. Maybe it won't. Don't think about it. Oh, now I'm thinking. Now that I know it, maybe it's because I didn't know about it. Oh God! Or what if, like, because you're you're in Act Two now, so maybe you have yeah. gotten the gloves that make Carlac a construct. No, I haven't. Okay, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Wait, do you think Carlac is already a construct? Do you think maybe that's it? Oh, shh. Ooh, you know, you could actually check because there is a page in the uh, like a section of the character sheet where it just mm-hmm. collects all of your tags. So tags are like background, race, class, and those are all of the things that the game looks at to see whether or not you have like a dialogue option, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a dark urge tag. Um, Yeah, because she's like part machine. That's part hell hell engine. That would be really cool if uh, if she has a construct tag. I'm going to look right now. (laughs) I don't know. I think you might just be really lucky. Maybe it's maybe I'm being stunned constantly and I'm just not paying attention. That's it's, that's just as likely as anything else we have said. It's totally possible. I think you are at a point. We're gonna cut to the footage and it's gonna be Carl like being stunned every, <laughs> every other combat. Well, round. yeah, and she just because her turn gets skipped, you don't have to like manually skip the turn. It automatically yeah. will skip the turn. Yeah, it's fine. I just I'm, don't know about. I it. mean, it's uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but at this point, as you're cruising around the Underdark, has Ticklevar ever been more powerful in the entire series? No, this is the peak, Ticklevar, and it's only yeah. getting higher from here. Yeah, he can do anything he wants. I'm happy for you. Yeah, you know what? The, you know what's not in this game, as far as I can tell. Yeah, what? Melf's minute meteors. <laughs> Oh, they're not in here. I don't think they're in fifth edition. Mm hmm. They got so I can't I can't do that and then just like shoot little little shitty weapons for <laughs> 10, 10 <laughs> combat rounds or whatever. Right. Yeah. That might have been the tickle var issues. I was just content to do that every time. All right. I've loaded the game up. Um, Looking at my. Ta- All right. Let me see what. Yeah. Light of creation. Mm hmm. Overcharged chance to stun the wielder unless it's a construct. All right, mm-hmm. that's true. You're correct. Let me click on over to her tags here. Wait, is it on the first? Yeah, it's on the first thing here. Um, adamantine backlash, bear heart. Oh, you got it's a, it's a different. So those are the active effects, and that oh, will right. list that's overcharge. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. You need to right. go to a, a different little page for the tags. Baldurian, Zerial tiefling, tiefling, humanoid, barbarian, Carlac. So no, nope. mm, interesting. No, nope. I guess she's just getting zapped all the time, and I just don't know about it. You might not. I'm ignorant. What's uh, her What's her gloves? I quit the game already. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I got what I was there for. Mm-hmm. But now I'm done. Uh, uh, what else? There's a really great fight that can be for some people the very first fight they get into in the uh, Underdark. If you come to, the I can't Underdark, believe that. By the way. If you come to the Underdark, 
via the Shattered Temple, which is kind of like a pretty natural progression. It's like, oh, yeah, I have yeah. these big, you know, pretty climactic fights against like the three leaders of this of the little goblins. Um, yeah. And then there's a, a hidden way. Oh, my gosh. Down to the Underdark. I think it's kind of the only place where you went suggests there is a way down into the underdark too right like it's the i think it's yeah. the only place that someone has been like yeah underneath the temple is a way down into the underdark yeah and Halson even Halson specifically says that, says that right? yeah. yeah um so you can get down there and if you do if you just hug left so you're like you start in that little outpost and there's a window that you can jump out of and you hug left which like i think about the first time i played this game that's was the natural thing i wanted to do because the you know you complete every dungeon like you do a maze and you hug left i hug left t- touch the the wall with your hand mm-hmm. and, and you know eventually you'll get get out well also going right like i saw a giant minotaur just get absolutely destroyed <laughs> right. with like by a, a laser a laser turret <laughs> yeah so yeah. i went the other way the way that wasn't the laser turret um, the way that laser turret works by the way in my first playthrough i was like oh you can turn it off because you can like touch this little thing Mm-hmm. That opens the gate. And I was like, of course, opening the gate turns the turret off. Mm-mm-mm. It doesn't, by the way. <laughs> so I just walked out in front of it and was immediately killed by my own supposedly friendly laser turret. <laughs> that's why I did my previous game. That's not that's not your laser turret. You didn't build that. It's not. Uh, but yeah, if you if you hug left, you are going to see a bunch of stone like, you know, people. Are they statues? They're not statues. They're statues now. Uh, and get a little cutscene of a spectator. I, what I would just say, yeah, it's a beholder. Yeah, baby beholder. Baby, it's like, I guess we're 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 saying, beho- it's not a beholder because maybe it doesn't have enough eye tentacles. What, like, what is the? I think it's only here? got four, right? Yeah. I think I think it's the difference between a spectator and a beholder. Mm-hmm. Um, but- I'm gonna look. Spectator versus beholder. What's the difference? Here's a Reddit thread from the DM Academy. Mm-hmm. Spectators are a type of beholder kin. Uh, let's see here. Let's see what we got. Um, I'm looking for spectator. Uh, they're from a different plane of existence. Mm-hmm. Um. A spectator is an extra planar beholderkin with four eye stalks. Yes, as opposed to eight. So yeah, there you go. that's the difference. But now you know. Still the same level of intelligence, I imagine. I don't know. Yeah, because beholders can beholders are they're they're sneaky. Yeah, they're like yeah, they can like run a crime syndicate. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they're good at they it. They can like they can do tax fraud. Oh yeah. They invented tax. They help you do tax fraud. Ah yeah. That's like their deal. Mm-hmm. Um, they're lawful neutral if it matters <laughs> to you. Their first appearance is in The Secret of Bowen Hill. Secret of Bowen Hill is a cool adventure. W- were they the secret? Was it the spectator? You know, I don't know. I've read through that adventure before, but I can't tell you one way or the other. I just remember the really cool cover art. Ah, uh, yeah. It's got like a like a devil lady, like a lady in like a devil wizard. She's like electrocuting the shit out of a guy. <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? I do. I have the vivid memory. Uh, <laughs> it's it's great. Um, uh, yeah. Anyway, but yeah, so you got to fight this thing. Yeah, it's a spectator, and it's uh, like first round of combat. It reanimates or like you know stone to fleshes one of the statues and charms it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, this this fight truly, if you like pop into this before level five and your extra attack. It's uh, still hard. It's still it, it can be quite difficult. I, I think you really need that extra attack to kind of make this work. This definitely required just because of the the kind of CC abilities, the saver suck stuff that it can throw out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely had to load and reload a couple of times to kind of figure this out. I really wanted to see if I could like get it out of invis, but I don't think it like exists until you trigger the cutscene. Um, no, like, it doesn't. Yeah, because I, I tried to like, oh, I'll throw a Molotov cocktail and see if I can like get it to appear in order to maybe mm-hmm. get a sneak attack round. Could never get a sneak attack round on it. Um, very cool fight. Did you talk to any of these drow that it anim- it animates? Yeah, they're pretty cool. <laughs> um, they were like having a, a, a disagreement with somebody. Um, they had a wizard. There's like a wizard mm-hmm. and a thief. They got like a full party. Yeah. And the wizard was animated and then um, charmed. And then I broke that charm somehow. Mm-hmm. Maybe I just hit it really hard. Yeah, it could have broke concentration. Yeah. Um, and so then it started fighting the, the beholder for me. And then the beholder like obliterated it with like a laser. Oh. Uh, but it did resurrect uh, another one. Like a, the thief, and he was like around afterward. He like kind of gave me the rundown. They were like having a, a a fight about something, and I think they were talking about Grimforge. Yeah, there. I think that they were trying it's like two wizards having a disagreement. That very classic drow stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, wizards uh, hoarding secrets, um, etc., cetera. etc. Cetera. But yeah, they. Um, I think it was kind of one of those things where they were supposed to meet and exchange information about the nature and location of a adamantine forge grim forge um now i already knew about grim forge because when you clear out the dwergar the myconid like lets you go uh loot a stockpile and there's a dead drow mm-hmm. in there and there is a book mm-hmm. called the mating habits of flumps yep and but and it's, it's not that it's not that it's that's an illusion. It's actually like an instruction manual for Grimforge. Um and there is so like that's probably one of the drow in the party and then there's uh there were these guys that got turned to stone and there's one other drow um that has a uh like it's interesting cuz I think also they all have a piece of a cool staff, like a cool uh uh frost enchanted staff. But you got to, like, combine it in your inventory. You only have to combine, like, a single-digit number of things in this in this game. And this yeah. is one of them. Um, but there's another one hanging out with hook horrors near the Susser bark tree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's got to be a wildlife. He's just got, like, hook horror buddies. Yeah, he's like a Susser tree studying preservationist guy, right? Yeah, do you think he's, yeah, do you think he's, uh, he fancies himself? He's got a journal, uh, and I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, he's got a journal on him, or maybe in his little camp there, and I think that's what it says. Yeah. He's, like, trying to figure out Susser trees. Mm-hmm. I believe. I'm not 100% sure on that. But, yeah, I think he was kind of a part of the Grimforge conspiracy as well. So there's a little bit of, I, I, I do like the area, um, overall. The Underdark. There's, you know, there's mm-hmm. just fun little stuff going on here and there. And Are you done talking about it? No, I'm just kind of like observing. There's there's these nice little Gygaxian 
ecological connections in the area. Yeah. I think it's a very consistent area mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like what's up and navigating it is difficult. Like if you just click across the map and like close your eyes, you're like you're going to run into something that blows up and hurts you. Yeah, I like that. There's a little bit of like it, that classic underdark feeling to it, right? If you need to be careful, you need to pay attention. There will be perception checks that get made or survival checks, you know, that happen automatically that like reveal cool stuff. Um, it feels like it's an area that that rewards you for paying attention to the gaps between things that you're doing. Yes. Which is important because that is not what act one generally feels like. No, it, feel, it feels like a bunch of hot spots on a map that is generally not a thing worth really paying attention to. Speaking of the gaps between things, did you make your way to the festering cove? Uh, what you gotta give me more than that. Okay. So near the entrance of the arcane tower, there's a lot of explosive plants, right? Mm hmm. Um, and there's close by, there is a, uh, like this big set of cliffs where you can jump up mushrooms to get to an area, which was like the hags entrance into the underdark, which is pretty Mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. Yep. Um, well kind of adjacent to that, if you, if you don't go that way and go kind of another way, there is God, you really kind of almost have to have to know what you're looking for but there is a small area where you can jump and then climb mm-hmm. down and you get and th- you load into a different area and there are a bunch of koa toa down there oh i i don't know about this at all yeah i first saw it in the early access and it was an area that was early o- enough on in the early access that it just absolutely borked my game when i like went down there and got in a dialogue <laughs> Like it just completely uh-huh. like they did not anticipate people finding it. I don't think. Um, but yeah, so you go down there and there's probably like a dozen Koatoa and a Koatoa priest. And they're all like having an obvious um, ritual of some kind in front of an altar. And they're mm-hmm. not they're not hostile. Uh, you know, when you talk to a, the average worshiper, not hostile at all. But when you get close to the altar a cutscene plays and there's kind of like a you know it it's it kind of gives the player a little bit of context it's like oh these are koatoa they are you know the the mind flayers enslaved them in the past which is like half the species in the underdark have like a history of thraldom under mind flayers uh mm-hmm. so that's not too unusual but the one thing it says is like you know i think i succeeded on maybe a lore check of some kind and it says you know that they have like the unusual ability to manifest their religious beliefs. And that's kind of the thing about the Koatoa. It's like when they believe something hard enough as like a society or culture or group, the thing they believe in happens. Like it, cool. it, it becomes real. I don't know about that, but cool. It's interesting. Um, so the cutscene continues and a bloody figure emerges from the altar now what is very clearly because we've just fought red caps right this is a red cap that is invisible but covered in blood invisible blood uh-huh right uh not invisible blood but it is covered in visible, visible blood blood mm-hmm. so and it calls itself Bual, the god of murder spelled b-o-o-a-l yeah, Bual. 
Boo all. Yeah. And and so the the Kotor are like, oh, you will make a fantastic sacrifice for Buol. And cool. there are a lot of ways you can navigate this. Like if you are really smart or persuasive, you can try to convince the Koatoa that they're getting tricked, right? That this this is not actually Buol, this is a red cap um, mm-hmm. that is like siphoning their energy for its gain. Um but Balthazar says, well, I, I wouldn't make that great of a, of a sacrifice. And then he points over to Will that I've brought in just when I loaded into this area. And I say, Will might make one, though. And Will's like, hold on. I have not been adventuring with you at all. I've just been hanging out in camp. You, you said you needed me. I popped out. I'm here now. And now I'm becoming a sacrifice to Buol. And now you're going to sacrifice me to some fake god? No. So he goes hostile. I kill him in one round. To, to who? Buol? To me. <laughs> no, just me. Oh, it's a 1v1 okay. situation. All the Koatoa and Buol are watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I kill Will. And Buol uh, grants me a boon. And he says, oh, well, as long as the Koatoa are here, which is this is kind of like, hey, don't kill my worshipers. As long as the Koatoa are here. You have this ability, and the ability is I, I now have advantage against any target that is bleeding. And it's Buol's... What? Yeah, Buol's boon. For eternity, as long as the Kuatoa believe in you? Yeah, as long or as they the, believe in Buol? Correct, yeah. This is some horse shit. It's good. I only got this uh, because there's a particular build that uses the uh, kind of the beast heart barbarian subclass, the tiger uh, mm-hmm. aspect of the tiger which has an area effect attack and you cause bleed and there's this particular build that will like okay at level three you cause bleed and then at level five you can pick up a different aspect that like when you attack a bleeding enemy you maim it right and then you can stack equipment that gives you reverberation and reverberation has this effect of like every time you apply a status effect, it like can take, you know, there are all these little benefits that happen. You can take damage and like reverberation stacks accrue on the enemy. And when you get to a certain number of reverberation stacks, they fall prone. And the way the combo works is if you're prone, you have to use your movement to stand up, right? That's like right. fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons. If you are maimed, you don't have movement speed. So if you are prone mm. and maimed, you are stun locked and you cannot get out of it until you are not maimed. Huh. Yeah. So there was a chance. I wanted to go ahead and do this because you only got the one chance uh, to get this particular thing of having advantage against bleeding targets, which would be really useful. Uh, I didn't end up using it too, too much, but it's a it's a nice little bonus. And now I don't have to worry about, like, an extra dialogue box popping up whenever I go to sleep saying, somebody wants to talk to you, which I've been mm-hmm. ignoring Will when he's been wanting to talk to me. So now he's dead. He's in the Underdark. He was sacrificed to a red cat. Uh, you know, bad way to go, it's, ultimately. It's not... Uh, uh, Hook horror this. What do you think? Oh, I would rather be. The implication here is like you're trapped in this for eternity somehow. 
You think so? You think when you get sacrificed think, yeah. to all your soul is like kind of stuck? Yeah. yeah, I do think that. Well, it's still just a red cap. Like somebody, like if Drow figured, like stumble upon this, I think I think Buwal's in trouble. They haven't yet. They're never going to. It's true. It's very hard to find. You have to like jump on little mushrooms and then get to another area and you need to like attack a like you, you really got to attack like a little fire plant so it doesn't immediately explode when you get to the crevice that you need to get to. Yeah, it's one of those things. What else? Uh, what else is in the Underdark here? Well, I think one thing that probably bought like I, I wonder, were you uh, were you harassed by a bullet? Yeah, you were. How many how many yeah, separate I- encounters? Uh, one, maybe two, two, maybe two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I killed that thing pretty quick. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, so yeah, I think that there are kind of like specific areas, um, in on the map that like, uh, bullet, aka land shark, aka tremor, mm-hmm. will kind of they'll be around where you see it. Uh, the kind of raised soil as it makes a path. And then it'll pop up for a couple of rounds. And an, I don't know what the deal is. I don't know, like, if any given time, any given fight, it will, like, be up for a couple of rounds and then pop back down. Or uh, maybe you need to if, have encountered it a set number of times before it decides to, like, stay up above the ground uh, and fight you. But, yeah, it's it's like level five. It's probably at the time a lot of people encounter it, like, one of the toughest things. It's got a really high armor class. Um, it hits really hard. It jumps and like it jumps on you. It yeah. jumps does like a ground pound. Yeah, it jumps and when it lands, it probably like sends everybody prone nearby if they don't make a save. Uh, it's a cool fight. Um, it is if you're if you're really lucky, you can actually get the hook horrors to fight it um, because that's like one of the places it can pop up is up near the Susser tree. That seems bad. Hook horrors fighting bullets. Yeah. No, you know, whoever wins, we lose. Oh, you know I, got, I got you. That kind of bad. Not bad, like, from a conservationist mm. perspective. No, no, but on, like, a like a steel sharpened steel Oh, yeah. You don't, perspective. You don't want the yeah. hook car leveling up. No. God, no. You don't want him going up to level eight. Yeah. So it sounds like, you know, as far as combat is concerned, you've got all the all the bases covered at this point. Like it, I'm smashing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I, anytime a thing comes up, I got Lazel, I got Carlac, Bing Bang Booming right right through it. Mm-hmm. No problem. Easy. To the point where is Shadowheart just completely support? Is Shadowheart doing yes. offensive stuff? No. No. I mean occasionally so she will get a weapon soon that will make her a more offensive character. Mm-hmm. And will and will basically uh clonk stuff regularly after that point but no and and just to be honest i i only have shadow heart in the party right now because i do want to do shadow hearts quest stuff that happens in act two yeah and so i'm gonna have her in the party up to that point but after that point i think i mentioned this in a previous episode i'm going to sub her out for one of the characters who's introduced in act two so that i can have that character through the rest of the game gotcha okay um yeah she's not here for the long run i do think lazelle and carlac are here for the long run though Lazel can is kind of the do it and do anything fighting character. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I mean, you can respect all these things to whatever you want. You can, but so. it's just what you know. I think that uh, 
fighter is just this is the level range of the peak strength of the straight fighter right yeah um and uh i think that the overall the combat was fun in the underdark i, I think that the encounters were generally well conceived and kind of interesting and i think the environment's a big part of that like fighting the hook horrors amongst the roots of the susser tree that's interesting and you know mm-hmm. hook horrors are like no enemy feels too one note to feel super annoying like every 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 enemy mm-hmm. feels like it's got like a couple of things it can do and when you mix a few of those together it it, it all all the encounters feel just incredibly curated and, uh, and th- mm-hmm. you can tell a lot of thought was was poured into this and the sister tree too, because uh, I think we mentioned it briefly earlier. But it basically has these big blooms that are anti magic blooms, and you use them. You like use it to power the elevator in the tower, uh, but also you can like use it for other stuff too. So I put a couple in the old camp, yeah, just in case I might need them need them later on. You know, because I mean? the thing is, if they're in your inventory, you just have like a three meter or maybe one meter anti magic field around you, and nothing yeah. inside that can cast a spell. Yeah, yeah. So, so potentially really powerful, and it's uh, the bark can be used to make a uh, plus one weapon that that like silences on hit, like either a great sword. Yeah, you know, I like dude it all around the universe before this act was over, just so I could make sure to do that. And talk about a huge waste of time. You know, it's one of those things where when it is useful. You're like, wow, I'm so glad I have that. But I think the problem right, which is, is why I which is why I went and did it. Yeah, but but, but the problem is you're gonna we're gonna be getting plus two weapons very soon. Um I think I've got a plus two weapon. Yeah, and you're you know, I, I think that the the plus one weapon that silences is gonna get uh left behind quite quickly, but you know, I'm at this point. I'll I'll run some numbers next time so we can talk about it because it actually does start to matter for the Grimforge stuff. But yeah, like. For Lazel currently, I think by the time I was doing the Underdark, I have a Gith Yankee Greatsword. Mm-hmm. The Gith Yankee Greatsword, I believe, is a 1d12. It does plus 1d4 psychic. Uh, psychic damage. If, if you're, you're a Gith, Gith Yankee, Yankee. Mm-hmm. and she is a Gith Yankee. I have a ring or a necklace or something that adds just plus two poison damage for free. The caustic ring. Yeah. Sure. I got that on there. And of course, she gets like her, her benefits. And at this point, she's like got plus four. You know, she's got her 18 or 20 strength. Yeah. Right? And uh, so first round of combat, every short rest, she's got two attacks. Yep. Then action surge, two more yep. attacks. It, it, it goes real quick. Like the very yeah. bursty. Very bursty. And so she's just clanking the shit out of stuff, right? Like even if one of those misses, it's like kind of doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. You know, still putting out a huge amount of damage. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm getting like at max damage for the greatsword. I'm, I'm, you know, it's like 16 mm-hmm. plus bonuses, right? Like plus like uh, stat bonuses. So uh, it's a uh, it's real good. <laughs> and like there's still I'm I'm near the end of Act Two, and there's like still nothing better to equip her with. Right? Wow, yeah, weaponry. So uh, just raw numbers wise. Mm-hmm. No, I think that the only the only other like pos because you know fighters get these bonus feats at mm-hmm. kind of weird levels that other characters don't, um, and some people really leverage that by like comboing polearm mastery and sentinel, mm-hmm. um, getting like just really maximizing the reaction, right? So like 
you know, with polearm mastery and sentinel, an enemy is running to you. When they enter your range, your melee range, you get a rea- you get a attack of opportunity instead of when they leave. Mm-hmm. And because you're using a polearm, your your range is generally your melee range is generally longer than their melee range. And sentinel, when you deal damage with a uh, with a reaction attack, uh, it stops their movement. So, like, that combo can, like, kill turns. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know. If you just dawdle too much. Yeah, correct. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is so many feats uh, really gives you a lot of flexibility with a fighter. But, yeah, no, it sounds fun. A similar stuff with Balthazar. Nothing, nothing new with respect to the build. But this, uh, the Underdark does unlock the Caustic Ring that two damage going to be wearing that almost the rest of the game the um the really un now that i've heard cameron's theory about the the gloves of being possibly related to domestic violence that's sad but those gloves get worn the rest of the game that and the ring of flinging means every time i throw something it's just an extra 2d4 damage on top of that i mean i don't think even if that is the case i don't think you have to disavow the gloves you, you never know. Uh, somebody in the comments. I, I hate Mon- to break it to you about what all these swords and javelins have been up to in their time before <laughs> Balthazar got got his hands on. No, they were all good. They were they were all doing just things yeah. and good things in the world. Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. That makes yeah. sense. When I put on my uh, my little headpiece, the shadow of Minzo Baranzan, only righteous people wore that. Powerful. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, so we've got, it's wild. We've got one episode left of Act 1 content. Wait, are we not talking about the Grimforge at some point? Grimforge is next episode. So next episode right. is going to be the ways in which you can get to Act 2. And there's kind of the way that I have organized mm-hmm. the episode. We'll, we'll, oh, we'll, we'll do cover. both. I'm yeah, sorry. I, so, I just didn't, didn't have it pulled up. Yeah, so we're going to be covering the two ways, which the one way is uh, via the Grimforge, which is an area attached to the Underdark here. And the other way is the... And the Mountain Pass is just so... There's so not a lot of stuff there that I'm just kind of grouping that in with the Gith Yankee crash. Um but yeah, Krishna does not have a lot going on. Yeah, there's not a lot of stuff going on the other way. So that's kind of how we divided it up. So yeah, next episode, we're going to be talking about the ways you can get to act two. And we it seems like we both did both ways. So we'll have plenty to talk mm-hmm. about in Grimforge and the Get the Yankee Crash, including one little encounter that we didn't discuss. And I, I kind of wanted to wait until we were on the way to the mountain pass because there's a group of Get the Yankee. We'll probably talk about that at the very top of next episode. Mm, yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I've got a feeling I know how that went for you, <laughs> based on the weapon you were saying Lazel is using. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I learned a lot about Gith Yankee religion, mm-hmm. and you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to bust in before we record the next one. I'm going to bust into the uh, Planescape uh, box set. Okay, that I got here. I'm going to read about Fifth Edition Gith Yankee. Okay. So I have more to say, because currently my knowledge of Gith Yankee is uh, it's more of a question, which I asked in a previous episode about uh, eggs and breasts. Oh, yeah. I thought it was. It's kind of the extent of my knowledge about what can change the nature of a Gith. That's right. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to figure that out. Good. For next uh, next record. It'll be an academic episode. 
That's right. Mm -hmm. Well, it sounds like that's it. It is. Ciao. Wise, 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 wise. Say it the wise and the